Welcome to the Living and Thriving with a Chronic Illness podcast. You'll be joining Smiling Sonia on her daily morning walk. She shares information and personal insights into her own journey managing flare-ups of her condition, Molloray's meningitis. Sonia here. It's Sunday the 30th of August 2020. Life seems to be moving into more normal or pre-pandemic lockdown phase. I say that because I was out shopping yesterday and I noticed that in the supermarkets for months we've had you can only use one door in and one door out and I noticed yesterday there were no signs on the doors to say entrance only or exit only notice that. Anyway, I am audio recording my journal today. For the last three days, I've been videoing myself. And this morning, I thought I'd go back to audio. But what I think I will do is probably do a video once a week at the weekend, probably a Saturday, but that might change. Changing to audio because with the video, I do need to be in one place and I'm moving into the going back to work phase and I'll be walking in the morning and I won't have time really to stop and talk and get my 30 minutes in so I can walk and talk with the audio without having to worry about (laughs) where I'm going because I'm holding a camera up in front of me. It's quite early this morning. I'm going to have to think about the route I take once I get into the the woods, whether I go in the heavily wooded area or stay to the open space. I'm not in the woods yet, so I might have to pause at a moment, depending on the amount of traffic on the main road that I need to cross. I might just pause now. Um, so, back in a minute. It was definitely a bit noisy out there. And I may, I'll still have some cars passing me as I walk into the woods. 
just it's just to update you on yesterday. Uh, firstly, though, uh, another symptom. So I've noticed that when I'm when I'm walking into rooms, so when I'm turning to rooms, um, I'm knocking into the doorway. I think this is linked to me feeling dizzy. It's at uh, I'm definitely having dizzy spells more. I think if I had, I think before I got ill, I noticed that I was doing it a bit. But over the last several weeks, oh, I've just I've knocked into the door and I've just thought, but because it's happening more frequently, I'm thinking, oh, this is strange. And I noticed that my head, you know, slight, slight dizziness. I'm feeling. I had a slight dizziness just now, actually, as I turned down this road. So I don't know whether it's linked to my ears. I'm thinking that maybe I should check it out. What I did do was I went into one of the Facebook groups, for meningitis ones, and I found that some people have had the same thing. So they're, they're not necessarily, they don't know whether it's linked to viral meningitis or not, because some people have other conditions. But definitely there has been some people that have um, shared that thing, she says. <laughs> so there's something else to add to my list. So it's a bit perturbing, really. So I literally just knock my shoulder into the... It happens sometimes when, I, when I'm driving. I'm feeling a bit tired as well. So there's that. Yesterday, I went out for a second walk. So I, I took it easy yesterday because I, I think I realised I may... I don't know whether it's overdo it, but... The week definitely caught up with me on Friday, and I was wanting to, I really wanted to surprise my granddaughter. I was going to make the trip over to the other side of London. It's not actually that far to drive, but it would definitely be too far for me to drive at the moment. And it's, it's, it can be quite a long journey by public transport, but I've done it several times. So. And I really wanted to surprise her and just turn up and say, I'm here for your birthday with presents, cards, etc. But I'm glad I didn't because I, I just was crushed out on Friday, busted. And so I've decided that this weekend I really do need to take it easy. I did yesterday. Now, something interesting the power, the power of writing stuff down so the procrastinating for such a long time and not writing out my checklist for my evening routine and my morning routine because it has changed slightly 
I did that very roughly yesterday morning before coming out of my walk so that I could tell you that I'd done it. <laughs> As yes, I'm MsLastMinute.com. And so yesterday evening, I discovered a new DC series on Prime Video, so I'm watching that Star Girl and this, I like the superhero stuff. So I just watched a, a couple of episodes, and I would normally just keep watching until the end of that series. I just binge watch. I watched a couple of episodes, and I just decided, I just decided, right, I'm going to put everything away, turn the TV off, and I'm going to go up to bed. And I'm actually not going to put the TV on up there because I have got TV upstairs. And I'm not going to go on TikTok, <laughs> which I have been doing. I'm actually going to go to bed. And I looked at the clock and it was ten past nine. I thought, oh my gosh. Now, I haven't checked my checklist this morning. Because I, I do need to write it out. Well, type it out and print it off. But I know that on my checklist, I put something like 9.30, um, turn off TV, turn off, um, come off social media. And so I'd written that out yesterday morning. I hadn't looked at it. And last night, just, just automatically at around nine o'clock, started to put things away. I was in bed at about ten past nine. I'm sitting there, and I wasn't my normal sort of like dropping off. You know, I just decided I'm going to go, I'm going to go to sleep now. I, I want to actually go to sleep. And so I did. <laughs> so by 9.30, and I was aiming for ten, by 9.30, I was asleep. And... Although I did my normal getting up, you know, several times every like, couple of hours in the night, it, my, my sleep felt better. And I usually, as I said, wake around 5.30 is the time I'm not sort of actually awake. Whatever time I go to bed. <laughs> and around 5.30, yes, I was awake. And I checked and I would have had, from 9.30 to 5.30, eight hours. And I thought, wow. And I was actually ready to get up. I'm getting a bit warm now. Ready to get up. And because it's a Sunday morning, and in the past, one of the things I used to love doing, I haven't done it for the last two or three months, actually, is on a Sunday morning to get a hot drink, stay in bed and just journal or just write or just research some stuff just sitting on my bed. And so I did that this morning. I haven't done that in such a long time. And so about six o'clock, got myself a hot drink, got back into bed, got my blank journals out and and stuff and started doing some work and I was working on my project and my project I think I've said before is the 
freedom at 55 project yeah, the freedom at 55 project which is really Sonia project which is really my journey of learning discovery awareness etc I'm in sort of transform transforming my life to a point where I actually do feel that I live a life of gratitude in spite of what's going on and the main changes I've made have been around my health, my diet, my finances, taking control of my finances and also my physical environment and sort of taking control of my living space and simplifying it, decluttering it and how that's just had such a positive effect on me physically, psychologically in all aspects, emotionally so I was working on that and I was recording uh, a sort of a daily journal <clears throat> when I went out on my walks because I decided that you know, morning routine was something that would support my recovery and support my wellness in all areas. And it was always my desire to publish as a podcast. But for whatever reason, I kept coming up with reasons why I couldn't do it. And I wanted to put stuff on my blog. And it was a bit stop, start, stop, start. And I wasn't really sure. <coughs> I wasn't really sure. You know where my who I was focusing on. I, I knew that I wanted to help women like myself in a similar situation. And you know, two three years ago, um, at that point, it was very fresh, having come out of a long-term relationship of 20 years plus. My health was shot. You know, I was nine stone overweight and so didn't feel very good about myself at all. And I was not happy. I wasn't happy. I was anxious all the time. And so there was this, all this uncertainty in my life. And at 54, 55, which is where I was at then, <laughs> I was looking ahead and, you know, retirement, pension, all that was kind of just there, just on the horizon. I could see it. <laughs> oh, I had thought about it before, but I was actually, oh my gosh, it's actually just, it's just there. It's not very far away now. And my life is going to be so different. I'm going to have to make so many different decisions. And then, having already sort of living with um, this time bomb of 
bowel meningitis and flare-ups, which still felt relatively new to me. And I'd had three flare-ups in sort of an 18-month, two-year period. Then to get it again two years ago, I suppose amidst all this stuff that was happening in my life, I became very fearful. And I think we we do a lot of things, don't we, through fear. And pain, isn't it? Fear of pain through constantly moving away from pain. Uh, in some way, you know, if you think something's going to be painful, whether that's emotionally or physically, we move away from it. We do move towards pleasure because there's this pain pleasure thing. So we can sort of do move towards pleasure. But sometimes we can set something and just think, well, that's, you know, if, if we keep doing this, good will come out of it. <laughs> It'll be good in the end. But sometimes we get fed up with the journey. So we move away. Something's painful. And we, sort of, we don't want that pain anymore. This is what we want. We want this, this thing, which is pleasure. So we start moving away from pain towards this, this pleasure thing, whatever it is. And, and so for me, I guess, over the years, let's use my weight. <laughs> so the pain was being overweight and all the things associated with that. How I looked, how I felt, pain in my knees, pain in all parts of my body. And the pleasure was being slim, being able to wear clothes that were fashionable, that I liked, and feeling better about myself. And I'll take action to move away from that pain. And whether that was dieting, exercising, etc. And I'll start getting some results and I'll start feeling a bit better. And then so the pain would sort of be slowly receding into the background. And I'm heading towards this pleasure. But the pleasure is it's still far away. It's not can't touch you know whilst I can't touch it it, it sometimes feels like it um, you're not going to get there and then the 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 level the level of activity that you took when you're in a lot of pain and wanted to get away from it you know you speed I guess yeah when you watch those films when you've been chased you know by a monster say and you know what's it snapping at your your ankles or your back you're running really fast and then when you sort of um, keep going and you realize you can't see it anymore you don't know it's gone and so you slow down you slow down but that's the worst thing you could do you slow down and then of course it then comes up at comes up again and then you have to you know and that's what it's like so I think a couple of years ago when I started this project 
and I was making some changes and I had made the commitment that I'm not going to give up, I'm just going to keep going. I'm not going to slow down. <laughs> and, that, and I think I didn't start at a sprint. I decided that it's a marathon, not a sprint. So that made a difference because when you start off too fast and you're sprinting, you get puffed out and you have to stop. Whilst if you take it at a nice pace, you can keep going. And that's what I had decided to take things slow, start small, so that I'd keep going. And because things were working for me, I thought, you know something, I would love to share this. And I've all, to tell you the truth, I've always been somebody who, if I learn something, I want to share it with people <laughs> straight away. I want to regurgitate it out to people. So that was just me. But I wasn't, I wasn't too sure about who I was. Well, I was. So I, at the time, a couple of years ago, I had decided that I wanted to help women over 50, that's me, who had been in a long-term relationship and just come out of one and worried about their financial future. And, and not only do they have that, that issue about finances, but, you know, those things that go with when you're that, in that time of your life, your health, trying to lose weight, you know, struggling with those things. So that was my focus. And I think one of the things that was um, holding me back, and that's what I'm reflecting on now, and through some of the work I've been doing recently, is that I probably wasn't totally comfortable with the focus on uh, relationship breakup, divorce, etc. It felt very sort of negative, and it felt as if I said, actually that's not a place I wanted to stay in. And I think also because whilst once the divorce is over and stuff, I will actually become maybe divorced, but I'll be a single, legally single person. And I would be wanting to move on from that. So that may be one of the reasons why I kind of um, stumbled a bit. But um, earlier this year, um, things, it's very interesting how things happen. Uh, came across someone who was offering some free training on uh, selling your advice online. And I thought, well, you know, let's have a go, it's free. This sort of check this check it out, and it was it's a sort of ten days ten days worth. So I committed to it. It was online; didn't have to go anywhere. Learned some really really interesting stuff, mainly mindset stuff, <laughs> and I sort of felt some shifts in my my brain. And if I go back to when I started the project and my fears. What I was wanting to do, what I, what I was looking for, was 
Right, okay, my fears. Let's talk about fears. Yeah, let's talk about that, my fears. So my fears were, really, they were associated to my health. They really were, they were associated to my chronic illness. Because I was, at the time, really fearful about the stability of having a job. You know, if I'm going to continue getting these flare-ups, is it going to get to a point where actually my sickness record is so bad, I'm not able to perform to the required standard, am I going to find myself going through capability? Because when I had that flare-up in, when I just turned 50, that's right, just turned 50, I was off for five months, I think, and I went back to work, not because I felt well enough to go back to work, I went back to work because I was the primary breadwinner, I think I was the only breadwinner, because my partner wasn't working at the time, and we had been fostering, and fostering had, had stopped fostering, so... We had no, my income was the only income. And I'm fortunate to be in a, in a job where I do have, uh, I, do, I, get, I do get sick pay, but then you get to a certain point where it drops down to half pay. And then, of course, <coughs> the half pay then goes down to zero. And I this well felt believed that we would not cope with me going down on half pay. <laughs> Already had debts that we tried to manage, that we built up previous years. And so <clears throat> I was very fearful. I was frightened about uh, not being able to pay, <laughs> pay for stuff. And so I returned to work when I was not well enough. And three, I think it was about three months later, back in, back in hospital with another flare-up. Now, I can't remember how long I was off that time, but I'm sure the same thing would have applied. I went back to work, fear of... And I was, my fear was, of course, and I think I probably did go back to work earlier because um, sick pay, etc., it's on a rolling 12 months. Well, I just remember that, rolling 12 months. So I'd already had five months off, I think. And so I was worried. I was worried about... So I'm thinking, did I have four months? It might have been four months I went back. So I was worried that once, if I then had another two months, I would have gone down to half pay. So you see, so I think I would have returned early again. And then that, I think it was about seven or eight months, back in hospital again. Luckily, the 12 months, I think I would have done 12 months and then it had started again, the count countdown. So 
so there was that fear and um, there is still always that fear that fear <laughs> that fear in in terms of flare-ups and not getting not being well enough but also being worried about the sort of financial stresses although it is different now so what what I had done was because I was so worried I decided that I needed to I needed to um, educate myself if I'm worried about money I need to do something about it if I'm worried about going back to work having to go back to work when I'm not ready because I was also worried because the other thing all over the place here the other thing was I was being advised my doctor was saying to me actually that you may not be able to return to work you you, you know you may need to think about part-time my friends and family were saying to me you need to work part-time and if I was to work part-time of course again because the financial pressure was mainly on me uh, I just felt like there's no way that we could take a cut in my pay I have to work full-time you know I didn't I felt I didn't have any other choice and it was linked to finances now two years ago of course my my relationship had come to an end and I was living still living in the household now it's me and my son uh, he was 18 at the time he's now 20 I had already started educating myself about finances and was managing was managing and saving money from what I'd learned okay and I was in the house paying all the bills now I think for me it was much cheaper just living me and my ex not being there but it was just very interesting that but I had I had done certain things I had I was reading books I was listening to podcasts I was watching YouTube videos I was reading blog posts and I was taking all this information in and I was implementing it so that's the key thing I was implementing it and what they, that, that meant was this time round what I had done is that I had created a financial buffer now I'm going back to work after just two months I must admit over the last few days I've been thinking oh uh, have I am I going back too soon but I feel I need to test and I have a very supportive manager and this first week I'm doing two mornings 
I need to be very disciplined and I'm going to be very disciplined. And I need to take it very slow. And I'm going to take it very slow. And in my mind I'm saying, if it's too much and I have to be signed off sick again, I will do that. I'm not going to push myself. As soon as, as soon as, you know, if I'm, if I'm feeling that this is too much, I'm going to book the time, I'm going to talk to my doctor and be signed off again. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be thinking I've got to push myself. I've got to push myself because I can't afford to take more time off sick. Because I have got, I have got a six month buffer. And that's something I've never had before. Never had before. And when I think about the project, and I think about what I want to share with people, and I think about this podcast that I'm doing, I think my message is, and it is about freedom, I want... I want to have the freedom and flexibility to make the right choices for myself and not to be forced to make choices based on not having enough money to do whatever. I already feel (laughs) that I'm restricted on some things, and so here, here's here's the other thing about uh, what I want. I want to be able to, if I want to work part time, to be in a financial situation to say yes, I can work part time, or maybe I would, maybe it's that. I don't want to work part-time permanently, but maybe for a period of time I need to work part-time. And so maybe I may be having the conversation with my manager that, look, this this takes a while for me to to really get back up to par. I need need six months maybe working part-time. Now, if I've got got a six-month buffer, I've got a six months worth of worth of living expenses in an emergency fund, and that's what I'm talking about. If I have six months worth of expenses, living expenses, in a an emergency fund, if I decide to work part time, actually, I can that's I can do that. And know that I have money to cover half the income that I'm not getting. And that's the key thing. That's something that's coming to my head, actually. (laughs) And, you know, one of the things that I've been doing as well is, rather than just focusing, so my fears is what kind of drove me to creating the project and and taking certain actions. I also know my wants. I know that I want to 
be living a peaceful life. I know that, I, as I said, I want to be able to make decisions based on what I really want. I mean, when I was nine stone overweight, I hated going shopping for clothes because I wasn't able to buy clothing that I really liked because of my size okay and some some people might say well you know it doesn't matter your size but as to me is that how I look in something I wanted the freedom to literally and because it was so difficult to get to my size size 20 22 moving up to 24 the choice is and, and even so <laughs> very difficult to just go and do something. So I just took a break then. I'm in a quieter part of the woods. There's and a few people around so I feel quite safe. And what was I talking about? I think it was about clothing. And wanting to to buy clothes that I like rather than clothes that I would fit into. And today, being a size 10, and while I put so much effort into what I'm eating, how I'm eating, and some people may say that I'm obsessed. And maybe I am, but I so want to protect um, where I am now. And I'm learning, and I think that because I've changed my eating so much, um, developed new habits, very aware that old habits, <laughs> they're just there at the bottom. So, But I'm creating habits that are supporting me at the moment, and so... It is not a somebody somebody in the Facebook group said uh talked about my willpower and said, Oh, you know, I wasn't able to do whatever you know, to follow the programme, etc. during lockdown because willpower that I've got willpower and I was thinking, mm, I don't know whether it's willpower for me. It's more to do with habits. And I focus, focus on habits and my routines. And because I have these habits of routines, and that's what I focus on, uh, I don't think um, willpower. <laughs> I mean, yesterday, <laughs> I, 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 was, I was, seemed to just want to eat loads of peanut butter. <laughs> and there would have been a time where I would have either been stopping myself from doing that and trying to find other alternatives <laughs> and then the next day just binging and what I've learned is if I have the desire for something is to is to have it but I've created experimented with different foods so that actually a lot of my comfort foods are 
are healthy, healthier options. And I also, because I've started using my fitness pal and I, I'm not hiding what I'm eating. That's something because I, you know, so hide what I'm eating for myself, I guess, because I'm recording it, even if I'm eating stuff that may be viewed as high calorie or too many sins or whatever. I'm logging it because then I can see it and, you know, I'm not sort of being bad or, or whatever. So, um, yeah, so this is particularly long, long chat, but it's okay. I can probably chop it up. <laughs> yeah, so that's um, went off again. But yeah, so I was, I was talking about the project really, and so the focus has changed because what I realised was that actually it, it, the key thing hasn't been, you know, the, the breakup and and that stuff. The key thing really, the, 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 the key thing is, and that's ongoing, is um, living with viral meningitis, living with this chronic illness, a chronic disease, I suppose, and, and then a chronic illness. And that's, that's what I realise I want to focus on. And so, and then looking at my, my own situation, I was thinking, okay, what is what are my fears yeah, associated with? And I am I'm a woman. I am in my fifties. <laughs> I am a manager, and I have a chronic illness. And I thought, hmm, there's uh, there's so there's, uh, there's something about I sort of think I want to to help women. I know that I want to help women. I'm happy to help men as well, but I think it's focusing women because I'm a woman. That's a, and I'm over 50. And I think over 50, there are certain issues. <laughs> and um, I'm in a management position. So, yes, I'm an employee like everybody else, but I'm in a management position. And I think there are other things associated in terms of that, the responsibility of that kind of role and I know that as a manager with a chronic illness I am I am fearful I, I want to be there for my my staff I want to be consistent I want to be dependable and I'm thinking I'm not I'm thinking I can go off at any time and you know the management role can be an extremely stressful one and so I need to take that into account as well, in terms of the pressures from below and the pressures from above. So this morning I was doing a little bit of work on my project and I, I wrote down, yes, you know, help. Uh, it's all about helping women over 50 in a management position living with a chronic illness. I was going to say suffering, but I thought, no, it's not about suffering. And that's a negative word, living with. And 
I decided that I wanted to do, there was a period when I felt that I was just, you know, living and just surviving as a victim. And I wanted to move away from that feeling of being a victim, being done to, to somebody um, taking control, being in control, having full responsibility. Because there was a time when I wasn't taking responsibility for things happening. For example, my weight. I got to a point where I was thinking, oh, you know, it's this... Now, every time I have a flare-up, I suffer from fatigue, I can't do much, I'm still very sedentary, so that's causing me to put weight on. Oh, I'm taking this medication every day, so it's this medication, so each time I'm trying to lose weight, this medication is stopping me. So I was blaming stuff outside of myself, rather than... <laughs> And at one point, I I went to the doctor because I was thinking it's probably to do with the hormones, you know, sort of menopausal stuff. Well, you know, maybe there's something in my blood. I had blood tests and they didn't find anything. And that's when I decided I need to take 100% responsibility for my health because I am the one responsible for putting stuff in my mouth. And I know that I I overeat. And I overeat foods that don't support me and I think that's a key thing because I think we can overeat how can I overeat lettuce <laughs> can I? I mean you can overeat but it's 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 about the foods and their their nutrition and having reached a, a, a weight and size that I you know I feel is supporting me I'm then even learning more now I'm learning about nutrients etc because I don't want to feel that I'm on a diet in terms of weight loss diet I want to follow a diet that just supports me and I think the more that I understand about nutrients and you know the foods the best foods to support me that I'll just be able to do it naturally at some point but at the moment I need some I need support and I need that support in being part of a group I'm part of Swimming World, um, using my fitness pal at the moment. I might find another app that does something similar, better, different. Who knows? I'm always experimenting. So I am, yeah, so um, I think I have had a shift in my mindset. Um, I'm feeling a bit more confident about putting out some information to help people who women specifically or over 50 in a management position living with and wanting to thrive thrive in spite of their chronic illness and I'm focusing on what was the one thing that made a real difference. I've done lots of things. <laughs> I've done lots of things, but I can't. I can't sort of like be doing. I can talk about all the different things. But what, what's one area that, if I was to coach somebody, if I was to take on a coaching client, 
what's the one thing that we could focus on that if I could help them get that right get the right habits in place take control of that that it would then have an effect on other things and make other things easier uh, gosh that's just reminded me of um the one thing the book which it talks about focusing on what's the one thing that if you do it will make other things easier or that you don't need something like that and I think that when for me having having a chronic illness where it's like a time bomb and you can have a flare-up at any time that could you could end up being in hospital or having to take extended sick leave and that then could put, put your job at risk put your salary at risk and causes financial pressure because that affects everything that if there was some solution to that that would then just help everything else so for me having a six months having six months worth of living expenses in an emergency fund has meant that during this period of sickness I have not been worried about if I don't get well enough um, and have to have extended sickness and my pay is reduced I actually have a financial buffer so that I can actually really focus on getting well and also what it's helped with in terms of my diet and nutrition you know I didn't you know some people oh I can't afford to go to the Sydney world even though it's very low cost and you know buying different foods more healthy foods which might mean spending more money that if you've got control over your finances then again it you can make better informed choices because you're not worried about money so much and my physical space my physical space at the moment at this moment I'm having to look at um, getting quotes for jobs around the house now I'm going to be spending more than I would have had I got the jobs done at the very beginning when I first saw the problem for example there's a shed and the roof tiles have gone now when the, first, when the roof tiles first went if we'd got somebody paid somebody to go and fix the tiles it would have been great but because it's been left like that for years inside all the plastering <laughs> yeah it's got wet inside so the problem's now inside and it was all because didn't have money didn't have the money never had enough money didn't have money saved um, for, to, for, for um, repairs didn't have money saved in case something broke down you know so that's those are added things <laughs> you know and 
we're like, just because you have a chronic illness, you still have the same issues, the same financial stresses as everybody else. But actually, sometimes it can seem worse, especially if you haven't got the energy. Um, some people might sort of say, well, I can take on some extra work to get some money in, but if you've got chronic illness, you can't do that. You can just about cope with the work, the job that you've got. So, for me, the one thing is having six months worth of living expenses in an emergency fund and so it's there it's a financial buffer for me and that gives me peace of mind and I've done it I started small I started with just getting together one month, one month, and then because I had developed a habit, a savings habit, and because I had accessed and learned about using different tools, resources, strategies, I've got to this six-month point, and I want to help. I really, really want to help other people do the same thing. You know, I managed to do it, and I'm not going to say it's easy and simple, but once you have, once you know what, firstly you need to know, I didn't realise that was the problem I had. I didn't realise the problem I had was that I didn't have an emergency fund. I just, my problem was I can't work to get any extra money, I haven't got enough money, you know, I, 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 you know, I, I, well, there's stuff, you just, you can't even think about it. I didn't, I wasn't aware of what the real problem was. The problem was everything else. And then once I was aware that the problem was I didn't have a financial buffer so that anything that came up I was able to deal with without actually feeling forced. So, for example, you know, being forced to borrow money. Yeah, I have, bor- I have borrowed money, used credit cards in the past, which is, which is one of the reasons I got into the financial situation I was in and didn't have enough money because I was, you know, throwing money at um, credit card repayments. That problem was not due to me not earning enough money. The problem was me due, due to me borrowing money to buy stuff <laughs> and then not being able to keep up with the pay- payments. And had I had an emergency fund or funds, <laughs> funds, other funds to deal with expected, because we have unexpected and expected, <laughs> okay, expenses. An emergency fund is for unexpected expenses. I was borrowing money to pay for expected expenses that I didn't plan for. So as you can see, I can I can talk for hours on this subject. Oh, what a beautiful car! <laughs> I can speak for hours on this subject, but I'm going to stop now because I've been talking for a long time. But 
I just know that I want to help. You know, I want to help you. I want to help. If 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 you realise, if you're at this point where you realise that something has to change, and you want a better life, and you don't just want to be surviving, then this is my solution. <laughs> May not be anybody else, but this is my solution. Anyway, then moving up to the road. I need some breakfast. I'll speak to you soon. Bye for now.